0: This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. I can't precisely call this a late-breaking story. Over the last couple days, I've had numerous of you send me emails about this story out of Missouri, about the, frankly, what looks like a miracle that happened in Missouri. And I get emails like this from time to time usually about eucharistic miracles. And I don't generally cover eucharistic miracles often because it Vatican observers will come and well examine eucharistic miracles and find that there's a more earthly explanation. But of course not always. Truly our Lord does work through the Eucharist and often present assigned to an increasingly unbelieving generation in the real presence. That he is truly present in the most blessed sacrament of the altar. That cannot be denied. But often enough, Eucharistic miracles, or that are purported to be, turn out not to be the case for whatever reason. And so I don't usually touch them. And aside from that, I was once told many years ago when I was entering the church that Eucharistic miracles are for those who don't believe. And if you look through the entire history of the church, Eucharistic miracles are often done in the hands of priests who don't believe. Or they are done as a demonstration to congregations of people who do not believe in the real presence in large numbers. And so I don't usually touch them for that reason. I do not doubt the real presence of our Lord in the most blessed sacrament of the altar. But this story today is a little different. We have the story of an incorruptible saint. Potentially, of course, this needs to be investigated by proper authorities. But as you'll see from the details of this story, um, well... The Any skeptical investigator is going to have a hard time with this one. So let's go right to the story itself from the National Catholic Register, the most mainstream of all English-language Catholic news outlets. We get this headline. Miracle in Missouri? Body of Benedictine's sisters' founders thought to be incorrupt. According to Catholic tradition, incorruptible saints give witness to the truth of the resurrection of the body and the life that is to come. Incorruptible saints are nothing new in the history of the church. There have been incorruptible nuns and incorruptible monks and priests and numerous laymen all throughout the history of the church. Many of them on display in Italy and other places, usually on display in their monasteries or with their religious congregations. I have seen not just fully incorruptible saints. I have also seen incorruptible body parts on display. Um, At Mount Angel Abbey in Oregon, with the Benedictine monks there, you can see an incorruptible arm of a saint on display. It is not for public viewing, though, so don't go asking them to let you see it. The only reason I saw it was because I was on a retreat there, a vocations retreat, and they let us see it. That's the only reason I saw it. But this is nothing new in the life of the church. And though this is to be separated, though, from some saints whose bodies were not incorrupt, but who have like a wax mask placed over them. To be clear, we are not talking about a wax mask here. We're not talking about an attempt to make, to present what the saint looked like in life with a mask of some kind. We're talking about potentially the real deal here. Let's get some details from this, from the article. Quote, Hundreds of pilgrims have descended on a Benedictine monastery, for religious sisters in rural Missouri in recent days after news began to spread on social media last week that the recently exhumed remains of the Contemplative Order's African-American foundress appear to be incorrupt, four years after her death and burial in a simple wooden coffin. Sister Wilhelmina Lancaster founded the Benedictine Sisters of Mary, Queen of the Apostles, best known for their chart-topping Gregorian chant and classic Catholic hymn albums, in 1995 at the age of 70 leaving the Oblate Sisters of Providence, her community of more than 50 years, to do so. Known for her devotion to the traditional Latin Mass and her faithfulness to Benedictine contemplation and the Liturgy of the Hours, she died at the age of 95 on May 29, 2019, on the Solemnity of the Ascension. Roughly four years later, on the Solemnity of the Ascension in the Latin Rite, the abbess and sisters decided to move her body to a final resting place inside their monastery chapel, a long-standing custom for founders and foundresses. Expecting to find bones, the Benedictine sisters instead unearthed the coffin with an apparently intact body, even though the body was not embalmed, and the wooden coffin had a crack down the middle that let it let in moisture and dirt for an unknown length of time during those four years. We think she is the first African-American woman to be found incorrupt, the current abbess of the community, Mother Cecilia, told EWTN's ACI group on Saturday. As the head of the monastery, it was her role to examine what was in the coffin first. End quote. All right, so two things here. I am what you would call a partisan of the traditional Latin Mass. I will beg you, please do not use this incorrupt potential saint for these internal battles of the church. This is not a church, this is not a video telling you about the crisis in the church, how bad things are in XYZ diocese with bishop or pope or whatever. Do not use this for that, please. I beg you. You may see some unscrupulous coverage of this from other commentators today and in the coming days. Please do not use this as anything like that. Let's not turn a miracle to some earthly purpose, even though you can argue that the restoration of the Latin Mass, as I do argue, is not purely an earthly purpose. In fact, very little to do with an earthly purpose. But please, let's not use this for that purpose. Let's just actually glory God in thanksgiving for the sign he has given because already, many people are showing up now at that monastery to view the body, becoming a pilgrimage site, which is not to be unexpected. I would expect that if by the time this video goes live, if a bishop or cardinal hasn't spoken on this already, you'll see it happen soon in the coming days. It will have to happen. The Vatican can't let this go. The USCCB can't let this go. This is a big deal. Incorrupt saints are a rarity in the modern church. And the second thing is, let's also not use this for the secular political things having to do with ethnicity and the flesh. I, that's distasteful. And while maybe worth commenting on here for the uh, current abbess of the order, I will, not, I will not comment one way or the other on that. It is becoming a hot-button issue more broadly in the culture, the f- issues of the flesh, and let's not use it for that either. This is a saint. We should be above such petty things in this time. Let's get back to the piece, though. They give us here a description of what they found. Quote, The body was covered in a layer of mold that had grown due to the high levels of condensation within the cracked coffin. Despite the dampness, little of her body and nothing of her habit disintegrated during the four years. The shock was instant for the community who had gathered to exhume her. I thought I saw a completely full, intact foot, and I said, I didn't just see that, the abbess said, so I looked again more carefully. And she looked again, she screamed aloud, I see her foot, and the community said, She said, just cheered. I mean, there was this just this sense that the Lord was doing this, she said. Right now we need hope. We need it. Our Lord knows that. And she was such a testimony to hope and faith and trust. The Catholic Church has a long-standing tradition of so-called incorruptible saints, more than a hundred of whom have been beatified or canonized. The saints are called incorruptible because years after their death, Parts of, or even the entirety of their bodies are immune to the natural process of decay. Even with modern embalming techniques, t- bodies are subject to natural processes of decomposition." End quote. And that is the correct attitude from the nuns, that this, she, this is a sign of hope, that we need hope. We desperately need hope in this time. War is looming for everyone right now. There's a very existential crisis going on in the modern world, brought upon by our rulers. People have turned their back on the church. The news items I cover every day here for you really speak to why people have done that. People need a sign of hope, a sign of faith. They need a sign that God is really there. Perhaps that's what this is. I know that sounds like, what else do you need? But really, you should ask yourself this. Signs are given both as a sign of love from God, that he is still there. They're also a sign given to an unbelieving generation. That is what they're for. They're a sign that God is here. So rejoice in this. Make this a good news item. But don't use this for the great divide in the church. Instead, let's use this as a, a moment to enkindle our faith, to get on our knees in thanksgiving to God and give thanks to to God for everything that he has done and for this wonderful sign he has given and that his love is still there for all of us who need it. That's what this should be for. Nothing more and nothing less. Certainly not as fuel for the divisive fires going on in our time in the church. We have enough of that as it is with all the bad things going on in the church and in the world that we don't need to dump more fuel on the fire. So please, please refrain and restrain yourselves from using this as some sort of gotcha moment in the great divide in the church. That doesn't help anything. We are all Catholics. Let's act like it for once, please. I'm curious what you think of this. Are you planning to go? Let me know if you're going to go. It's in Missouri. You can easily look this up online how to get there. I suspect the nuns are going to have to figure out how to handle the influx of pilgrims coming to visit them. Make sure when you do to treat the site with due reverence that you should be. Dress appropriately for it as if you're going to Mass. And if you don't have a habit of, you know, trying to dress a little better for Mass than you do on a daily basis, please make the effort to fix that in your life in general, but maybe this is a good time to start. But as a, as a general rule, if you're letting going to go visit this, I, I'm curious what you're going to do. If you have visited this already, because people have already gone, take some pictures, maybe send me a few pictures. I'd be very curious what your, what your experience is. I'll be doing a mailbag video for a weekend video here very shortly, and I may include them if you get them to me in time. The uh, link to this article will be on my sources page at returntotradition.org as usual. So go check that out. It's a good backup place to follow me in case, uh, you, you know, YouTube stops sending you my updates or whatever, which happens from time to time. But I'm curious what you think of this. What do you take this to be a sign of? Is this a sign of God's great compassion and mercy for a sinful generation? Is this a sign for, uh, for, to enkindle our faith in a time when many are growing lukewarm and parishes are emptying? Is this something else? I'm curious what you think about this. So let me know in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. So does sharing this on social media. That helps a lot too. And as always, always pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.